have this morning, we have our, uh, our young adults class in here with us, and uh, so exciting to, glad to see them in here. Of course, uh, Brother Joel and Miss Heidi, they're away at a wedding, and uh, so be in prayer for them uh, while they're gone. Um, anybody have a, a question this morning? Anybody have a question you want to ask? Maybe even one of the young adults, right? You guys don't get to uh, be in here with the questions things, but uh, anybody have a question you want to ask this morning? A couple of weeks ago, somebody asked a really great question. By the way, um, on, on, that, on that note, right, uh, somebody, the question was asked about, you know, psychics and all this kind of stuff. Somebody brought me a gift the other day, and I thought I'd, I thought I'd, I'd show you this gift that they brought me. They said they found this on the side of the road. They thought it went well with uh, what we were talking about. <laughs> There's a psychic fair going on, Montgomery County Expo. <laughs> Free seminar. With paid admission. <laughs> that was pretty good, right? <laughs> so, yeah, right. Well, that's why I did it later, you know. So, yeah, June 3rd and 4th. So, well, if you would have been psychic, you would have known it was going on, right? You know. <laughs> I thought that was great. They, they saw that, like, we got we to gotta show Pastor that. So, that was great. I appreciate, appreciate all the gifts, right? <laughs> Amen. Great. Anybody have a question this morning? Anybody want to ask a question? No questions this morning? Young adults don't want to ask me a question? Right. Okay, well, so last week, again, we were kind of going on this idea of um, kind of that spiritual element between, um, you know, the what people claim to have psychic powers and talking to the dead and uh, witchcraft and all that kind of stuff, and we were talking about that, and somebody asked me, I can't remember if it was that day later, that day or later the week or whatever, but somebody asked me about kind of along the same lines, um, you know, when you have these, obviously these spiritual forces and things, and you have people that are saying they're talking to the dead and, you know, talking to people like that, obviously we know it's, it's not of God. Um, so it, and again, the Bible speaks very clearly about this. It's, it's witchcraft, talking to dead people things, because when a person dies, they're, they're not just in limbo, as a lot of people try to teach or even some religions teach, Right. Um, but when a person dies, the Bible tells us that there's only one of two places they go. They either go to heaven or they go to hell. And once they're in those places, which again, we're talking immediately after death, um, Paul tells us to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Um, in Luke chapter uh, 15 and 16, uh, we find the passage, uh, the account of the rich man who died and immediately, right? Immediately after he died in hell, he opens his eyes, Okay. Um, so there's not different places. There's, there's either heaven or there's hell. But when a person is in heaven or hell, right, they, they are not aware of what is happening on the earth. Okay? I know, uh, and again, um, I, I hope you don't get your theology from Facebook. right? Um, and that's not a good place to get theology from. But I know you see all the time, you know, um, you know my, my mom or my dad or my grandma or my aunt or my uncle, they're up in heaven watching over me, right? Um, and I understand the sentiment, but that's not biblical, right? That's not biblical. Nowhere does the Bible ever tell us that they're up in heaven watching over us. Again, to be able to do that would mean that they are as powerful as God, okay? Because only God is omnipresent. Only God knows all things. Only God sees all things, right? Not even the devil himself uh, has that power. And so then to try to say, well, our, our relatives are, are watching over us, right? Our relatives, you know, 
uh, we kind of get this, uh, this idea that our life is just kind of on a TV screen and they're just up in heaven watching it. I think they have better things to do than to watch what's going on down here on the earth. Okay? Um, and so, you know, obviously these things are not of God. And so we talk about, we were talking about these really demonic forces or these fallen angels that the Bible speaks of and how they have power and, and they do these things. And so the question that was brought up was, well, what about, what does the Bible say about guardian angels, right? Guardian angels, okay? Um, and how do, they, how do they work with, with Christians, right? Um, do we have guardian angels? And again, please do not get your philosophy from Facebook, okay? Uh, because again, on Facebook, you'll see all kinds of things about, you know, um, even, even to the point where when someone dies, they become an angel, that's not biblical, right? There are a certain number of angels, no more, right? People don't become angels, right? Um, there, there's, again, there's, there's nowhere that the Bible teaches this. So, again, we want to be biblical in, in what we're saying, what we're teaching, what we're doing. Even, you know, again, I understand, you know, sometimes we can be very sentimental uh, about the loss of someone or things like that. But we do want to be careful, especially as Christians, what we put out because what we are putting out there is telling people what we believe, Okay, um, and we want to be biblical in what we believe. Okay, so we want to be careful about even stuff that we we put out, and that's why I say please don't get your philosophy from and your theology from from Facebook and things like this, um, uh, or you know cards, you know all kind you know, all kinds of stuff, right? So what does the Bible say about guardian angels? Guardian, 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 guardian. I think it's guardian. Is it guardian? guardian. I think it's guardian, not guardian. Um, Guardian, guardian angels, right? What does the Bible say about guardian angels? What, what, what do you think about that? Are there, are there guardian angels? Can there be guardian angels? Um, you know, what, what does the Bible talk about? Again, we, we understand there are, there are two different groups of what we would say angels today, okay? In the beginning, uh, when God created everything, there was one type of angels, right? They were all good. They were all good, Right? But then we understand what happened. Lucifer uh, decides that he is not content to be uh, the angel that God created him to be. And so he rebels um, and he leads other angels, good angels, into rebellion against God. So what, that is what we would call the fallen angels. Okay? Uh, some people call those, them demons or demonic spirits or something like that. But they're, they're simply fallen angels. They were angels that God created to be good. Uh, and they chose to rebel against God, and so now we have fallen angels, and we have good angels still, right? So, uh, again, understanding there's two different types. We're not talking about the fallen angels, although we may look at uh, some scriptures about some of those, but we're talking about the, the good angels, right? Uh, because if you, have, if you have fallen angels that are able to possess people, what we times people refer to as demon possession, right? Um, there, and that is very real, okay? There's demonic possession, um, and you have um, demonic things taking place. So what about the good angels, right? What about, what does the Bible say about good angels? Do we have guardian angels? Are, are angels guarding us, watching over us, protecting us? What, what does the Bible say about some of this? What, what do we think, right? Anybody? Nobody? Nobody wants to say anything? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. 
Yes. That is the premier passage that people go to dealing with guardian angels, right? That is the passage, right? Did you want to say anything about that passage? or That's just the passage, right? Yeah, so that, that is the premier passage that people go to when dealing with guardian angels, or we're talking about guardian angels, right? Um, and again, look at what it says, Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 10, right? Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven, right? Um, And so notice what he says, um, that in heaven their angels, right? Their angels. So, So that means, does that mean that we have... Guardian angels. When the, when Jesus and again, this is obviously this is Jesus speaking, right? This is not one of the apostles. This is not. I mean, this is Jesus. This is God speaking. Okay, and he says, "Their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven." Okay, so does this passage teach then that we have guardian angels? month, does this passage teach that we have guardian angels? No? Okay. I heard a no. Everybody else just doesn't want to say anything. I see some heads shaking. I'm going to shake my head, but I'm not going to voice, I'm not going to voice it, right? Brother Jim? Okay. That is true, yes. The word uh, angel simply means messenger or minister, right, or servant. That's what the word angel means. Mm -hmm. Yes. And actually, Brother Jim brought out a good point here, right? Um, Did anybody catch what he said? Well, yeah, he said there, yeah, possession, but he also said something else. Did you notice it here? Right? One of these little ones? What would that be referring to? Are you sure? <laughs> well, again, if we think if we keep in context, we go back up to the beginning of the chapter, what has happened, right? It says, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him. Set amidst, right? So Jesus, they're, they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And Jesus brings a little child, sets them in the midst, and says, Look, even, you know, you cannot even get to heaven unless you become as a little child. Okay? So we get the context here. The context is speaking of children, right? Okay? So again, if we're keeping in context, right, we're not making Scripture say something that it doesn't say, if we're keeping in context, he says uh, that ye despise not one of these little ones. Okay, we could assume that that's referring to the children because there's a child sitting right there, right? There's a child sitting right there with Jesus, and he says, "If you harm one of these little ones, okay." So what? So what? What do we have to be careful not to do then? 
Ah, very good. Where in there here does it say anything about adults? The context is dealing with little children, right? Not what the context is dealing with. There's a child there. Jesus is talking about the child. And so we have to be careful that we don't... Again, well, if, if a little child, you know, if they have a guardian angel, then that means everybody has guardian... Well, that's not what he says, right? He doesn't say that, okay? He doesn't say that everybody has a guardian angel. And in fact, he doesn't even say that children have guardian angels, right? Do I want to take it back? No, I don't want to take it back, right? Um, so watch this, okay? Because again, when you think of a, when people think of a guardian angel, what do we think of? Okay, protection, right? Okay, there we go. A guardian angel is an angel that is always with you, right? Everywhere you go, they're with you, right? Where are these angels? They're not with them. Where are they? They're in heaven. Okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> if, uh, if they're in heaven, then how are they with me, watching over me, guarding? See, that's why I really think it should be guarding angel, right? Because they're guarding, right? Protecting, guarding. Okay, we'll, we'll stick with guardian, though. Okay, they're a guardian, right? So if they're in heaven... How does this work? Because remember, angels are not omnipresent. An angel cannot be in heaven and at the earth, on earth at the same time. Only God can do that, right? So again, and this is why I say this is the premier passage that everybody goes to about guardian angels, right? And so much, I don't want to say it's false doctrine, but so much confusion has been brought about because we don't even just read the verse, right? So th again, let's think about what he's saying here. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven, so there's our first clue right there. In heaven, they're angels, okay? So how do we know how many angels there are? No, we have no idea. The Bible says there's just an innumerable host. There's just no way, right? Um, we have no idea. But the Bible does say that there are angels in heaven that, again, we don't, we don't understand how many there are. We don't understand the rank and order. But obviously, there are, there are angels that are in heaven that somehow God has given, if we would want to say, responsibility or um, a commission to that deal with little ones. Okay, But are these angels always around the little ones? Are they constantly with them no matter where they go? They're, my guardian angel is going with me. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they're in heaven. Okay, They're in heaven, right? So that in heaven, their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. So again, think with me about this. Guardian angels, right? They're hovering about... Don't go here. Watch out. You're going to bump your head, right? We have this idea that our guardian angel is kind of like bubble wrap, right? You know, just protecting us. That is 
<laughs> Patty's needs to be fired. Well, <laughs> I'll let you take that up with God. <laughs> um, all right, so this idea that we have about guardian angels, but think about what he says. What are the angels doing? Are these angels concerned with what is happening to the little ones? Is that what it said? No. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Right? It does not say they are concerned with what happens to the little ones. What does it say they are doing? They're looking at God. They're beholding the face of God. So here's where I believe, especially one, this I would say is really almost heresy, almost false doctrine, if we want to go that far, is that what happens is we begin teaching more about looking to an angel than we do looking to God. The angel is going to protect us. The angel is going to be there with you. Wait a minute. What about God? Where is God in this? You see, even the angels themselves... I mean, again, this is, this is the passage that everybody goes to, right? But even in this passage, it says, the angels are beholding the face of my Father, which is in heaven. The angels are in heaven, and it's not that like they've got telescopes. All right, I've got to check out what's going on with my little dude down there. Hey, little dude, don't do that. Yeah, you're on your own now. No. He says, they are beholding the face of my Father in heaven. They are looking to God. They are not looking at what's taking place here. They're looking to God. Why? Angels are not all-knowing. We have this idea that angels are just as powerful and know everything that God knows. No, they don't. They are not all-knowing. So they are looking to God. Why? Why are they looking to God? Because he does know what is going on. And only God knows when intervention is needed. An angel doesn't know when to intervene. They're not God. And so what they're doing is they are looking to God. Because again, remember what he said? What is, what is an angel? Messenger or a servant. So they are simply looking to God. And what are they doing? They're simply waiting for instructions. What do you want us to do? Now, no, are there some, again, that it, it very, very clearly appears when he says that even their angels, so it does appear that there are some that God has given specific charge, concern for little ones. But they're not just always hovering around the little ones. They're in heaven looking to God, waiting for God to tell them what to do. Because, again, here's, here's where we have to be careful, Right? Do bad things happen to children? So does that mean the guardian angel wasn't on duty? Does that mean God didn't care? You see, we've, we've got to be very careful in what we're, what we're saying, right? Because if we're saying all children have these guardian angels and they're always supposed to be tra- protecting them, then when something goes wrong... With that child, then whose fault is it? God's fault. Because God's, he, he's got all these guardian angels watching over his little ones, and then all of a sudden something bad happens, so 
It's God's fault now. Now, wait a minute. You better be very careful when you start blaming God for things. Does he know what's taking place in the life of every child, of every human being? Absolutely. But it is only God who knows when to intervene and why to intervene. Look, I understand you, you can look at the news and you can read things in the news and watch the news and things and you understand horrible things happen to children. Well, doesn't God care? Yes, God cares. We cannot say that God doesn't care. He does care about them, right? But we live in a sin-cursed world. The reason why horrible things happen to children is not because God does not care. It is because we sinned. It's our fault. It's not God's fault. Okay? And so we, we want to be very careful that we don't shift the blame to God and say anything bad that happens to a child, it's always God's fault. No, it's not always God's fault. It's not God's fault. Okay? Well, God, God didn't have his angels where they were supposed to be. We better be very careful with those things and how we speak. Okay? Because again, what, what, is it, what is he saying here? These angels, they are, what they're doing is listening for God's instructions, not just hovering around us, right? Um, and we see, right, we see angels are used for instruction, right? If you go back to Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1. Joseph has found out that Mary is pregnant. Joseph thinks that she has been unfaithful and is going to put her away until what happens. Verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, that shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So what is he doing? This angel comes and he gives instruction to Joseph. Now, who told him to do that? God did. Was it the angel that all of a sudden he's just, the angel's there, and he's like, oh, Joseph's going to do this, so I better step in and do something. No. No. God is the one that sent the angel to tell Joseph, hey, don't worry about, don't worry about this. This is, this is of God. Okay? Mary's not been unfaithful. This was God that did this. Okay? And so they are used for instructional purposes. If you go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Philip is in Samaria. And what happens in Acts chapter 8, verse 26? And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go to the south, under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem into Gaza, which is desert. What happens? Philip is preaching. An angel comes to him and says, Hey, you need to go down to Gaza. Why? Well, because there's a, there's a eunuch there from Ethiopia that came up, and he was in Jerusalem, and, uh, and he was searching, but he doesn't really know. Nobody's even shared anything, so you need to go, and you need to go and find this guy in, in Gaza, and you need to tell him about, about God. Was it the angel that knew all of that? No. It was God did. God, that, God was the one that knew all of that, and God was the one that told the angel what to say. You go tell Philip to do this, right? Acts chapter 12. 
in Acts chapter 12, um, in verse number, well, in the beginning of the chapter, Peter's in prison. Um, Herod wants to, to kill him, just like he did James. And it says in verse 7, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. Light shined in the prison. He smote Peter on the side. Rise up uh, quickly. His chains fell off. The angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. So he did. He saith unto the, him, Cast thy garment about thee, follow me. Went out, followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. So even this angel comes to Peter while he's in prison, says, Peter, get up. It's time to leave. We're getting out of here, right? Verse number 12, And when he had considered these things, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered to pray. Peter knocked at the door of the gate. A damsel came uh, to hearken named Rhoda. When she saw Peter, or she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate, but ran in, told how Peter stood before the gate. Of course, they said, no, it can't be. It must be his, must be an angel. It must be a spirit, right? So again, you have an angel giving Peter instruction. He leads him out. Then once he gets him out of the prison, he's gone. He's not there anymore, Right? So again, God uses angels to give instruction, right? Of course, it was uh, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, that came to, uh, to Mary and said she was going to have the Son of God, right? Um, go back with me to uh, the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel. Can God use angels to intervene on behalf of people? Yes, he can, right? Daniel chapter 6, what happens? Uh, the decree is made to only pray to, uh, to Darius. Daniel doesn't obey. He continues praying to God. He's thrown into the lion's den, right? And then that night, Darius is all worried. He stays up all night long. In the morning time, it says in verse number 20, When he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thy servant, uh, who thou servest, continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me and also doth before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. So what happens? God sends an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. Okay? That's, that's God. God used an angel to do that. Okay? Um, and so God you know, shuts the mouths of the lions here in, in Daniel. Okay? Um, if you go back to 2 Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, you have Elisha. And um, Ben-Hadad finds out where Elisha is, and he comes to, um, to the city. that he's, Elisha's in Dothan, and uh, verse number 14, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed this city about. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone, before, uh, gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What's going to happen to us? The city, the Syrian army is out there. They're going to kill us, right? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And no doubt the servant looks around and says, What are you talking about? What do you mean, they that are with us are more than they that be with them? You're crazy. We're, just, we're in a small town, this little town of Dothan. There's not really an army here. The army's back in Samaria. 
what are we doing? What do you mean, they that be with us are more than they that be with them? There's a whole army out there, right? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What's he saying? He's saying a host of angels, right? These angels are there. Again, there it wasn't just one angel. God sent a whole host of them, right? Um, so again, we, we do see God using angels throughout Scripture. But again, it's, it's, un, it's under God's timing when God says it's to be done. Angels don't have their own, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. No. It's under God. That's why he says back there in Matthew, they are beholding the face of my Father. They're looking at God. They're waiting for God to tell them what to do. Okay? Um, uh, and even if you go back to Daniel uh, chapter... Uh, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter number 10. The Bible does tell us that um, Israel, the nation of Israel, has an angel, right? Again, think about it, a whole nation. One is one, one angel, right? What is, what is the angel of Israel, if we could say? The angel that is concerned about Israel. Anybody know? Well, look here in Daniel chapter 10, and notice in verse number uh, 21. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that beholdeth me in these things but Michael, your prince. Michael is the prince or the angel of Israel, okay? Uh, if you go over to chapter 12, verse number 1, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. Okay? So here is the angel Michael, right? And God says, hey, this is, this is the one that I have put over Israel. Okay? Again, just as we saw in Matthew uh, chapter 18, there's no doubt that there are, there are angels that God has said their, their concern, or whatever you want to call it, is of little ones, right? But God also tells us here, Michael, has, his concern is Israel. That's who, that's who Michael's concern is, okay? And in the same, and in the same manner that God has, uh, if we could say, levels or Offices of angels, you know, in, in military terms today, we would say like there's a general or an admiral and, and a captain and a lieutenant and a private, right? You have these, you have these ranks. There's, there's no doubt both with what we would say the good angels and the fallen angels, there are these ranks, right? Obviously, of the fallen angels, guess who is at the top? Lucifer is, right? Lucifer's at the top, Okay. Um, but in the same passage here, notice back in Daniel chapter 10, but even the fallen angels have their ranks, right? In Daniel chapter 10, um, look in verse number 11. And he said unto me, this angel is talking to Daniel, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright for unto thee. Am I now sent? Notice, am I now sent? Okay. And when he stood, uh, he had spoken this word unto me. I stood trembling, then said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. But the prince 
of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. Right? So here's this angel that's coming and talking to Daniel. And he's saying, hey, God God heard your prayer. He, he, God knew exactly what was going on. And he sent me. But here's the problem. There was a fallen angel. This fallen angel, notice the prince, right, of the kingdom of Persia. So again, think about that. Even among Lucifer, Satan, he has ranks of angels and this prince of the kingdom of Persia. Just as Michael is the prince of Israel, this angel, fallen angel, is the prince of the kingdom of Persia. And this prince of the kingdom of Persia is withstanding this angel. Again, where is, where is Daniel? He's in Babylon. He's in Persia, right? And this angel is trying to get to Daniel, but the prince of the kingdom, this, again, Daniel never saw this. He never saw what was happening, right? We, we can't see these angels. We don't see the angelic forces and things, right? Daniel never saw what was happening, but he tells him, hey, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. I couldn't get through for 21 days until, notice what happens, until, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the king of kings of Persia. And he said, so Michael, one of the chief princes, you know what that means? Michael's not the only prince, right? He is the prince of Israel, but there are others as well. Okay? Michael had to come and help so that this angel could get to Daniel. Okay? So again, when we're thinking about, uh, again, we're, we're wanting to be biblical in, in what we're saying. Okay? And I know uh, people say, well, you know, guardian angels, you know, uh, you know, Look, uh, some people need guardian angels. There's no doubt about that, right? right? Any, of you, any of you ever drive with Pastor Hill when he was alive? Oh, my goodness. Those guardian angels were doing overtime, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> no, but so would we say that, you know, well, if somebody's driving bad, you know, it was a guardian angel that st- stopped them or, you know, kept that car from coming. Couldn't it have just been God? Isn't God just as powerful as angels, if not more, right? Um, again, there, there are times when God uses angels, but again, the thing we have to remember about angels is they're just servants. They're just servants of God. They're looking at God saying, God, what, you tell us what to do. God says, all right, go do this. And then they go do it, right? They don't have, they don't have God's power. They don't have God's knowledge. They don't have God's understanding and uh, what we could say that they're not all knowing like God is. Okay, so we we have to be careful when we, you know, again the world's philosophy and again the the whole idea of this I, world's philosophy of guardian angels is just to make people feel better. You know, your guardian angels watching over you, whatever. Um, but as Christians, we want to be biblical in what we say. Um, and we want to make sure that even in what we're saying, we're not actually teaching something that is false, something that's wrong. Okay? Anybody have a, a quick question or anything about any of this? Oh, wow. All right. Great. Brad. So, angels have free will. Yes. Well, there was a time when he rebelled, and the Bible tells us in Revelation he drew the third part of the stars. So a third part of the angels. Yeah. So I don't know that, 
I don't know that he is still constantly trying to recruit. I think there was one time where that happened. Um, and I think, I think it's done. Yeah. Yep. Miss Patty? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah, in, in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, I, th- I thought you were actually going to go to a different verse there, but that's a good one too. Um, yeah, in, in verse number 13, but to which of the angels said he at any time sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool, right? So obviously he's showing that Jesus is greater than the angels, right? Um, especially helping, again, remember Hebrews is written, written to... Hebrews, right? <laughs> written to the Jews, okay? And so they're trying to help the Jews, the Hebrews, understand who Jesus is. He's greater than the angels. He's not just an angel. He's not just a prophet. He's greater, right? He's the Son of God. He's God. Um, and then notice what he says in verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation, right? So again, these angels are simply ministering spirits. They're being used of God for God's purpose, right? Um, and... You know, again, we there's, we have to let just let Scripture speak for itself, right? Did somebody else have a question? I thought I saw another hand. Nobody else? Okay. All right, we'll have to stop there. I know there's folks waiting out in the foyer. But uh, if you have a question or something, uh, again, let me know. Email me, text me, whatever, uh, or just ask me. Nope, no problem there. All right? Uh, all right, we'll be dismissed, and we'll come back in a few minutes for our morning service.